this container is a space that I invite people into for us to get really honest about the human experience and essentially see if we can discern the difference between what we imagine to be happening and what's really happening. Because if we, again, look sincerely at our lives, we are, let's say that we're being fearfully pulled around by the mind's content. Welcome to the Founder's Journey Podcast. I'm Greg Moran. I'm Peter Dean. We're founders who struggle the same way every other founder does. Our goal is to let founders tell their own stories, the successes and the setbacks, the good stuff and the not so good stuff, sharing what it means to go on this entrepreneurial journey. This is part inspiration, part knowledge and learnings from everyday founders to make your journey a bit easier. And uh, welcome back to the Founder's Journey. Um, here today with uh, with Tiger Singleton. Um, Tiger and I got to know each other last week. Kind of funny story, uh, how, or actually a few weeks ago, how we got to know each other. Um, I'm going to let Tiger get into the whole story, but suffice to say, I got talked into going to a retreat with Tiger. And I say talked into this because I've told Tiger the story by my wife in Portugal, at which point I found out I was the only guy in the uh, in the place, except for Tiger. Uh, so we immediately formed a bond um, together for uh, for the week that we were in Portugal. But it was an extraordinary, uh, extraordinary time um, with him to kind of learn his story and um and uh, it was so interesting. We wanted to kind of bring it to it today. So I'm going to let Tiger sort of talk about his background, but uh, and, and get into the story here. But um, but Tiger is the founder of Inlight Connect, and I'm going to let Tiger tell you what that is and what it does. But we're also going to talk today about taking a lot of these concepts that Tiger talks about so much with mindfulness and um, and really just trying to kind of what I would call, and this is my characterization of kind of getting control of your own brain, right? And really, because it's something I think that as founders, it's just such an important message. So we're going to get into that today. We're going to get into kind of mindful leadership um, as well and the concept of solopreneurship. And uh, so want to welcome uh, Tiger Singleton to the uh, podcast today. So Tiger, welcome. Thank you so much. Super honored to be here. And I love just the spontaneity of it all especially with you showing up. It was so great to have you come to the retreat because I, I kind of intuitively knew that uh, your wife, you know, kind of dragged you into this situation. And it was so cool just to have another dude there with me. So so thank you for having the courage to uh, show up to that. Yeah, and it ended up... Uh... It ended up being something uh, very often, I think, uh, Tiger, you're learning life and Peter will attest to this too, that if I generally just follow my wife's advice, I'm usually okay. Left to my own devices, I'm usually completely just fucking off the rails. So uh, there's a lot. Of so uh, it was just yet another example. Hopefully she not listen to this podcast. Yeah, I, I imagine I, I imagine if your wife wasn't there, you would have come up with some fantastic excuse for not being able to stay. <laughs> That's right. Somehow it would have involved Peter showing up randomly and the two of us like ending up on a bender somewhere, yeah. I think is probably what would have occurred. But um, but yeah, no, we're uh, we're thrilled to have. You. So tell us tell us a little bit about, you know, tell us what Inlight Connect does. Um, and, you know, I know it's something you're incredibly passionate about and really having an impact, uh, you know, on people's lives. So talk. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, Inlight Connect, I mean, in the most sincere way, it's a container for me to express my creativity, 
right? I needed some sort of outlet for me to do what I love to do. And I created this container called Inlight Connect, which is really an opportunity to look with a deeper sincerity at what's going on inside of yourself. And then also recognizing that the, the support and the insight and the guidance that you need to manage this human journey is already inside of you. The question is, are we present enough to actually listen? And so often in our human experience, we're kind of being pulled in a thousand different directions and we're doing what other people want us to do. And we're running away from what we're afraid of and all this stuff. But really, I mean, and it's been spoken about for thousands of years, you know, just spiritually speaking or whatever, philosophically, that we as human beings, we do have a connection to some sort of innate wisdom and guidance. But the question is, are we available to hear that guidance? And so this container is a space that I invite people into for us to get really honest about the human experience and essentially see if we can discern the difference between what we imagine to be happening and what's really happening. Because if we, again, look sincerely at our lives, we are, let's say that we're being fearfully pulled around by the mind's content. We're not really addressing reality as it is. We are addressing our projections, our interpretations, what we assume people are th thinking, and then we're taking things personally and all of that's happening in the imagination. But yet living life as far as what's here right now is actually rather simple. And so if we can get past all of that mind noise, we have a great access to a deeper joy, a deeper flow and a deeper enjoyment for being alive. And this was a discovery of mine that completely transformed how I related with life, myself and other people. And it continues to be the most beautiful discovery I've ever seen. Just to be still in question what's really going on and seeing, seeing the disparity between what we think is happening and what's really happening. It's like, oh, wow, I can actually just relax. It's not nearly as bad as my mind's making it out to be. And so that's a fascinating inquiry for me. And so those that are interested in living with more love, compassion, and freedom, I just invite them to check that out. And then also I'm somewhat prolific at just creating content, you know, whether it's videos or writing or audio bits and pieces. And so again, it's a container for me to share all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's probably about 15 questions that just <laughs> kind of popped into my mind as you were going through that. I'm sure Peter too, so much of this is, I think it's just so incredibly relevant to what, and, th and that was the thing that struck me in spending, you know, the week with you that I did that. Um, so much of this is just so relevant to that, to that journey that founders go through, right? So much of this is, is um, you find yourself, I think founders find themselves, I know I have, and I know Peter has as well, um, operating out of, I mean, I would almost even go beyond fear, right? It's almost operating out of panic and <clears throat> kind of manic actions, right? Um that so often are completely unfounded, right? It's, these are things that we make up. I mean, I can tell you at least once a week, one, either me or Peter is calling the other person about, you know, holy shit, like this is bad. <laughs> you know, 
it's, and it, the one thing that is consistent, it absolutely never happens, at least the way that we think it's going to happen. Right. So I want to get into that a little bit. Well, and we'll, we'll, we'll get there in a second, but tell us how you got started, your own personal journey to kind of start this, because when you talk about these concepts, this is also your business as well to talk about these concepts. So, so kind of, you well, know, talk about how you got be, be, in, like, beyond it being my, my, be, beyond it being my, you know, my business, it's, it's my greatest joy. Sure. Absolutely. Right. It's yeah. my greatest love and my greatest <clears throat> passion to talk about these things. And it's just fascinating that there's the capacity to turn it into a business. It blows my mind. <laughs> but, uh, my, my journey into this was just through suffering. Like most other human beings, it's like, this isn't working. Um, and I kind of came down to a choice where it's like, I'm either going to kill myself or I'm going to figure this out because I'm not going to live this way. I'm not going to live my life constantly concerned about what other people think about me, constantly afraid of if tomorrow's going to work out or not. That can't be it, right? It's like, that, that can't, can't be this experience. experience. That, that can't, can't be life. And so I had to figure something out and, you know, just through that really deep pain of things not going how I wanted them to go and feeling terribly inadequate, feeling incredibly disconnected from myself and feeling like I'm not even living my own life. Um, I started asking questions, right? Essentially what's really going on here. And just through my own inquiry of reading and diving into topics, um, I think in one way, I kind of just touched upon um, ancient philosophies, you know, from all around. And there was this common theme among them all, which was essentially be still, <laughs> be still and see what's really happening. And what you realize is there's nothing happening, <laughs> right? Because when, when you get still you recognize that you, you literally think there's a thousand things going on, but in reality, there's nothing happening. And you, and you see this disconnect where it's like, oh, I'm believing the mind's content, thinking it's reality, but it's not reality at all. It's only imagination. And the hangup is that I'm believing it to be real, right? It's kind of like... <clears throat> what somebody else thinks about me, me thinking about what they think is all mental content, right? And even whatever they think, I have to give that meaning, right? And so that doesn't exist in reality. That's all my imagination too. It's like, holy shit, this is all imagination. And even all of my suffering, it was all based on imagination. It was all based on this character that I created that was desperately trying to get somewhere that was impossible and it didn't see its own futility, right? It was trying to make its imagination reality and it can't do that because the imagination will always be imagination. And so it really transformed how I perceived situations, how I perceived myself. And I kind of fell in love with life. Right. Not what I think about life, not what I think is happening or isn't happening, but just life. It's almost like just stepping out in nature. Right. It's like, holy shit, this is gorgeous. And, and, it, and I think that's such a great illustration 
because we all have these moments where we get captured by a sunset, right? We get captured by the forest and we're like, wait, is this real? It's like, oh, this is real life. <laughs> right. This is what's, this is what's really happening. And so there's this, there's this fantastic transformation where life becomes a playground. It's like, oh, all of this is created for me to have a human experience, right? So what is the experience I would like to have? And when you get past all the mental BS, what it really comes down to is I would like to enjoy myself, mm -hmm. right? I would like to play. I would like to connect deeply with other human beings. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's so common for lots of human beings. Just when we get honest about what we really want, it's like, there's a deeper sincerity beyond I want a Ferrari. Right. Right. There's a deeper sincerity <clears throat> beyond I want a billion dollars in the bank. And this is something I take people through a journey where I have them make a list of everything that they think they want. And long story short, you ask yourself, well, why do you want these things? And the answer you keep coming back to is so that I can chill out, <laughs> right? It's like, I want a billion dollars. Why? So I can chill out. Yeah. Right. I want this big house. Why? Cause I want my parents to approve of me so I can chill out. It's like everything that we're trying to get to in the future, we think it's going to give us permission to relax, but then we become a prisoner of those things because as soon as you get the billion dollars, it takes you about 15 minutes before you're afraid of losing the billion dollars. Right. So now you have to make another billion to protect your first billion. Right. <laughs> so that you can hold on to something. It's all complete insanity, man. Right. You know, it's a, there's a great, uh, there's a great story that uh, I, I had heard recently. You've probably heard this before, but about the, about a Mexican fisherman, right. On the coast of Mexico. And the CEO goes to, the CEO goes to, uh, you know, goes to go fishing with them. They get off the boat and he said, Hey, let's, you know, let's try to really expand your business. Let's buy all these boats and let's, you know, do all this stuff together. And the fisherman, you know, says to him, why, why would I do that? And he said, so you can, so you can retire. And he said, well, what would I do when we retire? He said, well, fish. <laughs> fisherman says, well, that's what I'm doing, right? What, why would I do all that? Right. And, you know, it just, it, I think so much, you know, of when we, when we talk to founders specifically, you know, and, and entrepreneurs, especially like there's yeah. a lot of flavors of entrepreneur, right. And there's, you know, one of the things I want to talk to you about is this concept of solopreneurship, because it's a really interesting one. And I think it's, it's, it's kind of a new concept, right. But, but, you know, in the, in the world that I, you know, have lived in for a while, it's more the venture capital private equity world where you're sort of forced into this, overdrive life of an entrepreneur right and you're 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 in that mode of well what do you try what are you actually trying to do well i'm trying to make money but you just sold a bunch of your company off so now you actually need to make more money just to get to the money you were trying to make right and then it, it just becomes this perpetuating cycle when in fact what somebody's actually trying to do like i think to your point is you know, it's, it's simply trying to get to that point of like mental clarity or mental peace, right? Where, and I know, I mean, if I look at it, that was very much the way it was for me, you know, it was like, 
that that you know you talk about the hamster wheel right and it's the oldest cliche in the world but it turned but the hamster wheel turns bigger and bigger and bigger and finally finally you're on like a fucking ferris wheel right and you're like <laughs> if i jump off this thing i'm just gonna die when i jump off of it right i can't you know not only can i not stop pedaling i i can't go anywhere i'm stuck in the car at this point right and it's um you know it's a really it, it's a it's a concept i think that it's one that founders need to need to hear and really ask them ask themselves like why am i doing what i'm doing what am i actually trying to if if we go like i i got the chance to talk to tiger yesterday if we go back to kind of your story of starting companies and being in that i think it's going to kind of we had that conversation very similar to this of what a founder goes through and thinking about how do i do this how do i survive because it's a it feels like a survival story like we talked about because when you start, you're on your own. Like you, you, you don't work for someone anymore. You produce your own revenue. Like you have to produce your own sustenance, keep yourself going and things like that. So why don't you tell us about your beginning story that was so interesting to me? Well, for me, I, it seems like as long as I can remember, I was always yeah. trying to wheel and deal and, you know, <laughs> make some kind of money on my own. And, um, it was just failure after failure, man. <laughs> Things not working out. But when I look back, it's so obvious that my approach was all wrong in, in the way that I was, I was trying to compensate for an inadequacy, right? I was like trying to prove myself. I was trying to build this facade or look a certain way so that I could finally be approved of, right? It, it, it's the classic story of trying to get mom and dad to approve of you. And so you try and match that image. Um, what a disaster. <laughs> and in my, in my exhaustion, you know, I kind of came back to that same question of um, what do I really want to be doing? And what it came down to is what do I actually enjoy? Right? Let's, let's start there. What do I actually enjoy doing? That took me away from the entrepreneurial drive and threw me back into the job world. I actually, I stumbled on working at a radio station just out of curiosity. I thought it was cool. And I ended up spontaneously becoming a radio DJ because some guy didn't show up at work. And the boss was like, does anybody know how to do this? Like, right, go on the radio. And I, I raised my hand because it was like, I don't know. I can figure it out. I just, I just, I discovered that I had this talent to run my mouth, right? It's like you flip the microphone on live and something came out and it's like, oh, wow, I can actually do this. And so I just, I went on this exploration of just doing things that I enjoyed doing. And that led to audio production, which I'm just a huge fan of. And then I worked in different areas of radio and talk radio and just developed skills, right? I followed what I enjoyed doing, developing skills. And then I got tired of that. And of course I thought I had to keep doing it because it's what I was doing, but I was actually tired of it. And so it took me a little while to realize it was time to move on. Then I got into freight brokerage because uh, a buddy of mine was um, telling me about how easy it was for him to make money doing that job and radio didn't pay anything. And so 
I went to just kind of explore that. And I, what, what I found out is I really enjoyed the sales process. I enjoyed connecting with other human beings, building the relationships and seeing if I could play that game of let, let's just call it persuasion where it's like, can I, can I convince you of this value that I have? So I played around with that, but again, I just kept discovering that I was a terrible employee, right? Cause I kept coming back to this mentality of I'm building your business so that you can be successful. And, and I'm getting a small percentage here, right? It's like, I'm doing the math, right? You're getting way more than I'm getting when I'm the one kind of doing the work. Yeah. You're helping it out. You know, you're paying for the building and that's all cool. But I couldn't get away from the idea of what if I did this on my own? It actually, there was this moment where I stepped outside on the back patio and I just started crying because I was, I just found myself back in this situation where I felt stuck, where it's like, how, how could this be life? How could this be life where I have to come here and do what these other people want me to do? And now I'm stuck, right? Because I got debt <laughs> and I can't leave because I got bills to pay. It was just a massive moment of defeat and I had to figure something out. And so I actually, you know what? I made a plan. There's so many side tangents here, but one of my skill sets was as a close up magician, which I had been doing since I was six years old. And I did it professionally for a little while when I was like 17 and 18, but I said, okay, I'm going to move to Vegas and, um, <laughs> pursue that path. And I was super stoked about it. Right. Cause I was going to go be an entrepreneur again, but I had to get a job going out to Vegas. So I went out there and I got a job. I was in this little cubicle and it took me about 15 minutes <laughs> to realize, nope, <laughs> this is not going to work. And it was a disaster. It was an absolute disaster. Cause I flew out there and you know, got all set up. And as soon as I got there, I got sick and it was a hundred degrees outside. It's just absolutely miserable. And then I, I came back to Oregon and had no prospects of a job. And so I went back to my old bosses and, and I told them, look, I understand this business. I feel like I'm good at this business and you and I both know I'm a terrible employee. And so it's just, it's not going to work, but you also know that I could do this if I wanted to. So will you help me do it on my own? I don't even know where I had the courage to even talk to them like that, but it worked, it worked. And they ended up loaning me some money so that I could get started. So yeah. And I was, I was super passionate about that. Cause it was like, okay, here's a real opportunity where there's something I know how to do and I can do this on my own. And, uh, so I just went after it and a lot of people in the industry kind of thought that I got lucky in the success that I had. Um, but really looking back, it wasn't luck at all. It was just that I figured some things out. Um, I'm going to say energetically, like how to approach it that contributed to the success that allowed me to, you know, just work on a laptop and split my time between Oregon and Hawaii and buy some nice things. And then again, I got to the moment where my heart wasn't in it. 
it was like, okay, I, I learned what I wanted to learn. This was fun and I don't want to do this anymore. And this was also the time when I was diving into this discovery that I was talking about. And my heart was just so on fire for that stuff. And I couldn't stop talking about it. I had even written a book at the time and people were inviting me to come talk and share insight, share my poetry about life. I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to just run my mouth about this stuff. So actually somebody in Europe was paying attention to stuff I was posting online. They invited me to come out and do a tour in Europe where they were just going to line it all up and have me come out. And given the time zone, I couldn't run my business over there. Mm -hmm. Right. It just, it wasn't practical. So I had to make a choice, which was take this opportunity or not to protect my business. And, um, I chose to just jump ship. And so I actually, I, I gave a couple cars back to the bank. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> you guys can have this back. <laughs> That I just, I went out to Europe and, um, went on this wild ride and failed miserably, <laughs> right? I thought I would easily be able to take my, my success in this other company. And it's like, oh, I'm just going to translate it to this thing. No problem. Nope. Completely different beast. Yeah. I ran around the world, you know, doing speaking events and, you know, flying from here to there and three or five people show up and just a massive loss of funds trying to do what I'm doing. But this was the, but this was really the but, precursor yeah. to what you're doing now. I mean, this was really the, this Oh yeah. Was the this, start. yeah, this yeah. is the whole lead up. Yeah. 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 And then, um, but again, I was, I was driven by the passion and the love for doing the work. Right. Like I didn't care that I was losing money. I didn't care that there weren't a lot of people showing up. I was just so in love with sharing. The the people that were there, there was such a beautiful impact. And you know what? That's also what kept me going too, was I knew that there was value, right? Because I was getting amazing feedback from real human beings and not just like, oh, your stuff's cute. It was like, holy shit, thank you. And that was such a drive. It was just, you know, it was just telling me that there's something here and I just need to keep going. And then sooner or later, I just, I figured it out. There was like a click that said, oh, this is all about delivering value. So I need to get better at delivering the value. And that helped a lot. This is, this is really important because we talked about this before. You can't, you can't just decide to be a founder and start a company to make money because that's not going to work. You won't survive through all of what you need to go through to learn what you need to learn to actually get to some place where you can sustain yourself and be successful. Like that's, it's just not, I mean, it may happen like it, you can force it, but then you're going to be in a situation that you mentioned tiger where there's no happiness. Like you're, you're serving something other than what you started out to do. And then, you know, there's no growth. Yeah. And the growth is what you really want. I think that's, you know, that's so much of it, right? The joy in it, the happiness in it comes from the growth, right? It comes from the ability. Yeah. And I don't necessarily mean financial growth of the business or anything like that. I mean, the personal growth that comes out of it, right? Or the, you know, and it's, um, it, it's, but it's something you see all the time. Like what, 
what would you tell, you know, we, we see this constantly, right? I mean, we, you know, like joylessness among entrepreneurs, among founders, they're just, they're in the business and they can't get out and where they feel like they can't get out. Right. Like, how do you, how do you pull somebody out of that, that place, you know, to try to get some perspective? First, I discern if they're willing, <laughs> right. right? It's like, do I have something to work with here? Because a lot of right. people, they're, they're not willing, right? They're just so stuck in their way. And it's like, they're not open to hear. Um, right. But then there are people who have suffered enough and genuinely mm -hmm. crave something more real and authentic, then we can have a conversation. Because what it, what it mm -hmm. takes is deep self-honesty. And if you're not willing to be honest with yourself about your experience, about how much you're suffering, right? And how much you're not enjoying yourself. If you can't be honest about that, then we can't find a, a solution. And so for me, when I talk to people about this stuff, you know, I try and to get back to the real heart of being human, right? Like, what are we doing mm -hmm. here? You know, why are you even right. doing this? And there's a lot of crap that comes up that goes back to wanting mom and dad's approval or wanting the world to love you, all of these insane things. And so there's this disconnect from authenticity, right? It's like you're, you're trying to live somebody else's life. You're not even connected to your own life. And so my, my path of inquiry is like, let, let's do some self-exploration about what's sincere in you and what do you really want out of this life? What do you really want out of your relationships? What do you really want out of this business? And don't give me some bullshit excuse about, you know, money in the bank. Cause that's, that's nonsense, right? There, there's something much more sincere and it always relates to some form of growth. And if we can, if we can see that, then we can see the growth opportunity. Right. Then we can see how all of these challenges that you have, they're not in the way. They're actually the way for you to grow. Right. And this is the whole transformation. It's not about changing something. It's about changing how you see something. And if you can change how you see it, you relate to it differently and it becomes a completely different animal. Right. It's just the classic transformation of a problem into an opportunity. And you start realizing that, oh, this experience is for you. It's not against you. And, and most people think that their challenges are against them. And they're just, they're not. They're the perfect opportunity for you to see something profound. The, the concept of suffering, right, and pain is an interesting one, I think, for, for founders. Peter's laughing because the two of us are like the worst when it comes to this, right? But like, you know, you can, you can get you can get addicted to the suffering, right? Like you, you can get you, yes. the suffering okay. becomes your identity in some way, doesn't it? Or, I mean, yeah. you know, it can, it and just like, you, yeah, it, you know, it's, a, it's just a tragedy. Yeah, it is. It is. But to get, to actually get that perspective, right. And to, to actually be able to step back and say, okay, I, I actually, I do, I don't enjoy the suffering. I don't want to suffer. I don't enjoy the pain, but I actually don't, didn't realize there was another way. Right. And 
Yeah. So you're yeah, in exactly. it. Tiger, so is, and this is a question. This is a random question for me. And I, I, I did not go with Greg. So, um, <laughs> well, because then there would have been three guys there, but, um, not two. That's too many. Yeah. <laughs> That's way too many. Right? Um, I would be. <laughs> um, so is, is the suffering, like, the suffering is just because of fear, right? Yep. Like fear could create that. It's not, like, you, if it's a financial thing, whatever it is, it, like, creates, it's fear that creates this, like, anxiety that is the suffering, right? Yeah. And then you get through to a point where you don't realize, it's, it's what you were telling us before, like, that's not real. Like, it doesn't have to be real. You can decide it not to be. You can say, hey, this is, I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but this is part of my journey. And if I let go of everything else, it's part of the journey. Well, look, look at, look at this. Is it the outcome that you're afraid of, or is it what you think the outcome means about you that you're afraid of? Right. 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 We're, we're not afraid of what happens in reality. We're afraid of the meaning that we give it. Right. So if your business fails, you can interpret that as meaning you're worthless, right? So you're afraid of being worthless, but the outcome, whether it fails or succeed, doesn't mean anything about you at all. And so we're not, we're not suffering over what is or is not. We're suffering over our own interpretation. And as I say many times, suffering is just an innocent misunderstanding. We are misinterpreting life and it's creating a disconnect from our own worth and value. It's like we're, we're taking our own worth and value and we're putting it on something and it doesn't belong out there. Right. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. If you, you know, just kind of pivoting this over, right? Because a lot of these things that you're talking about are, you know, they're very personal for, for entrepreneurs. They're very personal for founders. They're personal for everybody, right? And it's not unique. This is just a yeah. unique human condition, right? But, you know, to, to pivot it over to leadership a little bit, because I think a lot of these principles also apply to the way we run companies and the way that we lead people and the way that we lead organizations and things like that. And I know the concept of mindful leadership has become, you know, something that's sort of beginning to kind of get into the ether a bit, right? Um you know, I know you've thought about that. I know this is an area that you've you've really started to focus on. I mean, what what principles if you try to if you kind of take a lot of these principles that you're talking about around, you know, fear and purpose and understanding what's really happening versus, you know, what you believe to be and things like that. I mean, how do you how do you start to adapt that to the running of a company or the or the leadership of an organization? Yeah. Well, you know, it, it comes back to what do you see, right? Because if you see a business that only serves the purpose for you to get a particular outcome, you're going to have a very difficult time dealing with other human beings, mm -hmm. right? Because you're so focused on that outcome and now everybody else becomes a threat, right? Either they're going to help you or they're not. And so that diminishes your ability to connect on a human level and you just become a tyrant, right? An authority that tells people what to do. Mm -hmm. And what I invite people to recognize is that 
beyond whatever you think the future prize is, the present moment prize is to play. The present moment prize is to have a common goal among other human beings. And you have this playful agreement to go after that goal, right? And you're doing this together. That's what's fun, <laughs> at least for me. And, um, and granted in that kind of dynamic, there's going to be a leader, but that's only the role of a leader, right? It's not an identity. It's not who you are. You're just playing that role. And this is often what I see happens with people is they identify with that role thinking they are that. And then it becomes, I'm the boss. You should listen to me, <laughs> right? I'm the leader. And that disconnects you from the other human beings. And the way that I see my role as a leader is clarifying the goal, clarifying the vision and helping people understand the vision in their own language, right? Like how and why is this important to you also for me and also for us, right? We all get on the same page and then we play together. It's like, can we reach this goal? Does that sound like fun? Is everyone on board? All right, let's go. And for me, that's, that's mindfulness. Yeah. Such a, it's such a cool and interesting and, you know, concept, I think, but let me, at my worst stages, right. And running a large organization at my worst possible moments, if somebody said to me, this is about playing, I'd say you have fucking lost your mind, <laughs> right? This is, yeah, this is yeah. deadly serious, man. We got to sell this software because we got to sell this software, right? Like, how do you, but now stepping back on it, right? I totally understand it. And I totally see what you're saying, but yeah. how do you, how do you instill, because it's that, it's that playfulness that brings. Yeah. That's what that's where, that's, right. yeah. that's where that's where the success lies right if you can stop yeah that is like, the when, success that's right that's right we always talk about it right when you're gripping so hard, <laughs> like you just you can tell you're the grip it's so right hard. it's just like you're not gonna do any nothing's gonna happen and you know it's and you know greg for that person like that yeah i would simply say can we have an honest conversation for a second yeah Right. And see, see if there's any willingness to see. Yeah. Because I am so good at taking people along that journey to see what the real issue is. Right. To see that what they actually want is to enjoy this. It's right. And so if they're, if they're open for that conversation, it's easy. It, it, absolutely. Because what, what sits behind that statement, again, I'll use myself, not today, but, but myself in a previous life, right. In a, in my, at my worst moments, we needed you. <laughs> oh yeah, man! This conversation came a few years too late. By the way, um, I, I'm thinking. Where were you? The the you know if if you just step back, if like if you if, because what sat below the unwillingness to play was sheer terror for what you yeah. know fear. It was fear. It was uncertainty. It was believing that I wasn't enough. You know that. I wasn't actually capable of doing this and I couldn't teach people to do and and just the fear of losing everything that I was trying to to do right and that 
that fear sapped all the joy and the joy didn't allow me to, to play at all. Right. But this is a, this is a hard thing. I know you and I, when we were in Portugal together, we, we talked about it and I said like so much of this is incredibly powerful, but, but a few years ago I was not, I could not have listened to it. Right. Yep. Because there were too many walls. There was too much just, just fear built up. Right. But parts of this may have gotten through. I mean, where do you... Yeah, little, little bits. Li right? And that's it. And I think if you can, you know, if you can take a step back and just begin, you know, I think I probably would have admitted the fear at that point. Maybe not the extent yeah. of it. But if yeah. you can get that, you probably have something to work with, right? Yep. Yep. It's just honesty. And that's usually the biggest point of honesty that people avoid admitting that they're afraid. Right. But you, and here's, here's the beautiful thing is you can't be emotionally disturbed without being afraid. Yep. And it's probably a whole nother conversation, but fear is at the root of all emotional disturbance. Mm -hmm. And the fear is wrapped around your identity always. Yep. And the identity is an identity that you're not really. Yeah. Right. It's who, who other people think you are. It's what things mean about you in the future. It's all imaginary identity. And so, and again, this is one of those sacred things that have been pointed to since the beginning, essentially saying that there's nothing in reality to be afraid of. Yeah. And that's a big statement, but it's really true. We're only afraid of the mind. We're only afraid of the imagination. And if, if you're at least willing to investigate that, it opens up this new possibility of being human. Mm -hmm. It's like, holy shit, life is not what I thought it was. And that's when life becomes the playground, right? It doesn't mean that you don't encounter fear, but your relationship with fear changes where it's like, rather than it terrorizing you, it becomes an adventure, mm -hmm. right? And on all adventure, there's going to be fear. So it has its part, it's part of the play, but it doesn't have to wreck your life. You can actually enjoy the fear. It's just excitement. Yeah. It doesn't have to threaten your worth and value. Right. Right. It, it, I'm just thinking about like, we used to always say, Greg and I talked about, we did Ironman together a number of times and fear motivated us to train, right? The fear of like not finishing or pain or having like, like breaking down on the road physically. And so we're like, I don't want that to happen. So I'm going to train. And so we, we trained and worked and it definitely motivated, but I, I don't think in the time people thought like, you're crazy. Why are you doing that? I'm like, no, it's not crazy. It's just something you can do. Yep. And it, it just, there wasn't a fear to get in the water. I mean, maybe the first time, but after a while you're like, oh, this is, the, this is actually a lot of fun. Um, well, see, but in, it's in, just something we used to talk about a lot. That's the point. You see, you noticed a fear that pointed the direction towards growth, right? Yeah. Rather than a fear that you ran away from, you you became curious about the fear and you you faced it and you grew because you did. But what a lot of people are doing is they're so afraid of fear that they avoid it and then they make excuses and blame it on other people. 
and just yeah. destroys relationships. Or things or events yeah. or whatever. There's a lot of ways you could do it. <clears throat> right. Um, and rationalize it. Right. Or yeah. dull it. Right. I mean, right. And this way, and this is, I mean, this is where you see drugs and alcohol yep. and everything else start to enter the picture. Right. I mean, just to, just to dull it. Right. If I can, if I can have a few beers and, you know, make the pain sort of easier to deal with or the fear easier to deal with, which is not um, dealing with away. it at all. You know, it's, again, I'm not, <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't, it doesn't go away. <laughs> right. You're exactly. I mean, which arguably is making yeah. it worse. Right. And right. Right. Exactly. Um, you know, if you, so again, to apply this kind of, you know, if, if you're a leader, you're running an organization and, and, you know, a lot of people will get this right. And I think that there is kind of a shift in sort of the psyche of business today to, to, to start to embrace more of these principles, right? And, and, you know, embrace more mindfulness as it relates to an organization. If you're a leader and you've got to start to instill this with these kind of principles within your organization of playfulness and, uh, you know, and, and kind of admitting fear and embracing fear and moving toward fear and things like that, what, how do you how do you do that if you're a leader, right? If you if you get outside of obviously having you come in and which is you know a great idea as well, but but if you've got to live this on a daily basis, how, how do you how do you help? What advice would you give a leader to start to bring these things? In? You know, in a in a playful way, this is very similar to another question I get asked, which is how do I teach this to my children? <laughs> right? You see the similarity, mm-hmm. okay. and yeah. The greatest way that yeah, you can totally, teach it totally. is to become it, right? The The worst way to teach mm-hmm. it is to be an authority and tell people what they should or should not be doing. You, you have to see it for yourself. And maybe this is a stretch for people to see, but it seems pretty simple, which is when you embody it, that becomes the greatest invitation for the people around you, right? Because especially like in an organization, if you're not enjoying yourself, other people will see you and think it's not okay to enjoy themselves. And so, and and this is where I don't necessarily fall in line with a lot of the strategies out there which is really about finding strategies, <laughs> which is like, how can I manipulate this experience? Right. How can I appear to be mindful? Uh, it's just, there's a lack of sincerity. It's like to really do this right. It's gotta be sincere. It's gotta be honest. It's gotta be true. And so. Right. Spirit, spirituality. Mindfulness exactly. And, and that's always what happens like, with, you know, with these things. They become right. fads and, um, right. So, I mean, for the leader that sees the value for their team, they have to see the value for themselves, right? Like, not only is this going to help me be a better leader, but it's going to help me be a better everything, right? And so it's no longer about the one thing. It's about the whole thing, right? It's like, for me, there's no difference between life and business, right? It's just life. It's just serving. And so... And, and again, any problem that I encounter in business, it's not really about the business, right? It's me. Any problem I encounter in relationships with other people, it's not about other people. It's me, right? So no matter where I go, 
in leadership or business or family, whatever. It's all my relationship with myself. It's all my own misunderstandings. It's all my own opportunities to grow. So if somebody's willing to see that fundamental value, and then they look in this direction, then it's not only going to help being a leader, it's going to help everything. Yeah. 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 So it's true. It's when you think back to all those times that the businesses that I've been a founder and I, I like after talking to you, I don't own them. Like we own them. Like it's the company that the, the people, right? So it's not like, Oh, you're the owner. I'm like, no, I'm just part of the team. Right. Like, and we have to make some tough decisions sometimes, but like the good times were when I was good. Yeah. The bad times were when I wasn't good. Exactly. <laughs> right. and it really comes back to like, <laughs> what was I doing? Like, what was my head? Like when I was frustrated or burned out, like, like two years ago, I was pretty burned out. People felt it. The company moved that way. It was different. Right. And then when I released myself of that, it, it changed. And then it, the company changed and the people changed. And so that's like my value to my, my team is myself. Like, how do I help myself? Get exactly. Better? That will help everyone else get better. So and and that's, that's so, so fundamental. True. And yeah, because your everything in your life is going to reflect back to you how you're doing with you. Right. Yeah. And so it shows you that the priority is taking care of you. And part of taking care of you is growing, right? Part of taking care of yeah, you is facing absolutely. your fears. Part of taking care of yourself is total experiential accountability, right? Where you're not blaming your fears and inadequacies on other people. And if you don't deal with that shit, then you're just going to keep creating problems and blaming it on the problems. It, what's interesting is you don't have to, like you can say, well, I didn't tell them about the situation. I didn't share it with them. That that's BS. Like they not, like no matter what, they're going to feel where I'm at. Like, mm -hmm. or other people also on our team that we could feel where they're at. Like you can tell, like it affects everyone else. So right. they don't yeah. need to tell you. It's like, you, you know, why didn't I kept that from everyone? No one knew like, I think that's BS too. You can't God, hide it. The concept of blame, right, is like it's so it's so important too. I mean, you just you're not going to. And this is one of the things that I think was so was so powerful for me being with you for a week was you know this concept of like projection, right? And and you're you're just seeing the movie on the screen that basically you're putting on the screen. You use this analogy that I absolutely love, and I've told it to a thousand people since, which is the movie projector and the movie screen, right? You're the projector. The screen's just showing you what you're putting, what you're shooting there, you know? And, and I mean, I, I think I've had those exact same experiences, but Peter, I'll pick on you for a second because, you know, I know <clears throat> sort of when that pivot Great. occurred for you, in the, but in the really positive way, right? And if you look at, you know, you look at it and your entire business changed in that, but you actually hit on something really important, which was the people, right? The, you said the people changed. Well, the people, not, not only did, did the performance increase, right? But literally a different type of person started to want to become involved in the business, right? Because that sense of fun, that yeah. sense of playfulness, I mean, 
you know, Tiger, one of the things that these guys do that Peter does in his business at Render Tribe, which I absolutely love, is this, like, they've got this thing about being this pirate ship, right? Oh, they're all pirates on the pirate ship. They got the pirate flag. And it's like, it's really funny, you know, and it, it's great. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's like this really cool concept. But, but that is playfulness, right? That is like bringing joy to that environment. And people want to be part I of that. I love being a pirate. Right. I love being a pirate. <laughs> and I'm a ship. Like, it's the you best thing in the world. You gotta get your like, what's your problem, we're, uh, you know, but a good a good pirate, not the like we the do what we do. Pirate. We don't follow the rules, right? Yeah, we don't right. follow the rules. Um, be ready. We we fight harder than the people we work with, so that's what right. we believe, and we really are proud of it. So, but it to is... the point where it's like you know, if we say it, it's true. You know, that's what but we it's <laughs> it's so easy when you go back to that point on blame, right? Like. You end. You can end up in these, and, and I've been there myself, and I see it all the time in different companies. And you know where everything that goes wrong, it's this sort of happened to me from an environmental aspect. Or, you know, uh, you know the economy's working against me. These people in the company are working against me. This investor is working against me. This is working against me. That, and when you really kind of you start to remove the the pieces from that. It's exactly that, right? It's you're getting out, you're getting back exactly what you're putting out. And if you're not getting back what you want to, and again, I'm not talking about financial rewards. I'm just talking about joy, right? And happiness. If you're not getting that out, if you're not getting that back, look at what you're putting out because this organization and the leader's role a founder's role, a CEO's role in that organization is so powerful and people do respond to that, right? They, re they, there were days I came in and I was miserable and I was scared and I was tired and I was not thinking clear and my day was terrible. Of course it was terrible. I made it terrible, right? And I scared the shit out of people. But the days I came in with joy and I came in with happiness, those were the days when, you know, it, it all, it, they were, you know, that that's exactly what, what I got back because yeah, that's what people want to be around. It's right? how you and, looked at your challenge, right? Is it an adventure right. or is it, or is it like, let's go, this is new. Let's try to solve this. Right. Or is it like, holy crap, we're and, dead. And that's all, <laughs> a, a, that's all a skill that can be developed. Right. It's not just some happenstance where it's like, oh, sometimes I am and sometimes I'm not. No, you can you can totally hack it in a way when you start understanding what's going on behind the scenes. This is probably the most important thing that you said. This this to someone thinks, oh well, you have a natural ability for that. No, that's like bullshit. You, I I didn't start as a leader. I started as an employee for a big company, and then I learned stuff. I listened to people. I watched them, and I try to get better and like you, and then you fail and you kind of make all these mistakes. And but th I think that's the most important thing. If people hear that, you don't need to be an extrovert. You don't need to be someone that can, you know, like the best leaders are the ones that actually, you know, are like you said, really in touch with themselves and, and it's something you can learn and how you face the challenge. And that screen that you talk about, I think is, that's pretty powerful. Like you, you can't think, oh, only certain people can do this. It's not true. It's not true. Like we talked about it yesterday in our brief moment about 
like getting captured somewhere in this job and like at these golden handcuffs, I was like making really good money working for big, huge company, traveling the world, doing amazing things. But I wasn't happy. It wasn't what I wanted to do. I, I realized that. I mean, it was good for a while and I learned a lot, just like you said. But then you're stuck and you know, I had friends that got stuck and never left, you know? And then I left and they're like, what are you crazy? This is insane. Like you have this future here. Like, I don't want that future. I want something else. And they're like, what are you doing? Like, that's what you're doing? I'm like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. Um, but then, you know, the success isn't the money. It's what I did, right? It's what we do. Um, that That's the coolest part about it. So. One of my best mentors and, you know, in life, and I've talked about a number of times in this podcast, my old chairman in my former business, you know, had this, you know, one time we were having this conversation and I don't know if like this was something that he learned from somewhere else or it was just like this profound moment of clarity for him that translated to me, which was, you know, your job is to take the stress off of people. The job of a leader is not to apply more, <laughs> right? And remove, dampen down the stress, bring it down. And, you know, he never used the word playful. He never used the word joy. But I think, you know, you look at the way that these things end up and it's and you have leaders who will intentionally operate out of fear. Right. And just turn the crank on the stress, turn it, turn it, turn it, turn it. Yeah. But it goes completely against the way that humans who who wants to it's operate toxic. In a world yeah. like that, right? But they, but there's a lot of organizations that do, right? Where it's yeah. like, if I let back for one second, these people are going to stop doing what we ask them to do or what we want them to do. So I'm going to ramp it up and ramp it up and ramp it up. And then I wonder why we don't get the results that we want to get, right? And, you know, that concept to me that was so profound of like, just turn it down. Like your job is to turn it down, not turn it up, Right. Let people enjoy what they're doing. Let them actually love coming to work. Let them want to show up on a Monday. Let them feel joy and happiness in what they're doing. You're killing them right, by doing it another way, literally and figuratively in a lot of cases, right? Um, yeah, which is, that's a heavy responsibility when you think about it like that. Yeah, it certainly you is. It certainly you is. You don't want to turn that stress up to the point where, it's affecting their health. Like, as it does, it all is balance, you know? Well, that's a I responsibility mean, look, that you have. Yeah, sure. And, and not to, you know, get, and I know tiger, this is something that, you know, you're also really passionate about, but I mean, you look at the health consequences of this stuff, right. And it's not a coincidence that you look, I mean, you know, I, we didn't mention this before, but you now live in Portugal. Um, and, uh, you know, you just look at the health consequences of this just in the United States and it's, you know, with, obesity and with, um, you know, with uh, substance abuse and things like that. I mean, it, this is not a coincidence, right? I mean, these are, you work in a toxic world, you live in a toxic world, you're going to be toxic, literally yourself as a result of that, right? Which is just a great opportunity to stand out from the crowd and do something really amazing. Right. Whether it's just to be, you know, it's really taking that responsibility and, and being an example. I think it's just, it's super inspiring to see that you have that capacity, 
you know, where you can make that conscious decision and be like, no, I'm not going to do it like everyone else. I'm not going to do it in a way that doesn't really add value. Well, in the final minute here, I know we've been uh, we've been talking for a while and uh, this is somewhere this is there's there's got to be three or four more podcasts with you after this one, to, to because I think we feel like absolutely. Yeah, we still we didn't get into 90 entrepreneurs. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, can, you know, give give me a, just give a, a quick version. Again, we don't like we don't have to drop in a minute, but give me a quick version. You know, talk to us about what you're doing, because I know this is a project that you're working on a lot today. Um with the solopreneur concept, you know, talk about what that is and, uh, and the kind of work you're doing in that space right now. The, the concept, I mean, very simply solopreneur, it's just a one man operation or a one woman operation, right? Just trying to run a business that allows you to support yourself. And what I see in today's day and age, it's so incredibly easy. It's so incredibly easy to take a particular skill set that you have where you're not even necessarily an expert, but you're a year ahead of somebody else. And then you have an opportunity to help other people, you know, do what you've done or to gain insight into a particular challenge. And my inspiration from this is really, I have a lot of friends who have value to share, but they're just struggling. And it's obvious why they're struggling, right? Because they don't understand messaging, they don't understand marketing, and they don't understand sales. And they're not focused, right? They don't really have a clear vision. They're just like throwing a website up and saying, here's what I do and wondering why it's not working. And so with the right sort of guidance, and sharing my experience, just the huge mind shifts about how to do this has made such an enormous impact and I'm stoked to kind of get them together and, and share and explore ideas. So yeah, I started this whole new project. I'm not sure if it's, if it's going to be a rebrand of what I'm doing or its own separate thing, but it's, it's heartbased.io and, um, the focus is to, you know, help people thrive in life and business and figure out a way to add genuine value to the world doing what you're doing. You know, whether it's solopreneurship, whether it's mindful leadership, it's like, let's, let's have a conversation <laughs> yeah. about how we can actually do this. And so, yeah, I'm super stoked. I think it's, uh, it's a whole new chapter in my life to, um, to take the things that I've learned doing my own thing and, um, helping people do their thing. And this is events, this is coaching, things like that. Like the, you know, that's, the, that's the, form yeah. And it's all takes. stuff it's that I'm already doing. Or... Yeah. Yep. It's, it's stuff that I'm already doing, but I'm going to put more attention on the business aspect because mostly my retreats and coaching are just helping people see themselves, lives and others in life more clearly seeing beyond the mental noise and more love, compassion and freedom, that kind of stuff. Um, but, uh, I really want to engage people who are touching other people and um see if we can't you know multiply that value yep love it when does this i know you're getting ready to launch it release yeah it'll releases. be out this week it'll be out yeah so um so if people want to get in touch with you tiger what's the best way to do that you know if they want to 
look into coming to some of your retreats, get involved with, uh, you know, some coaching, learn more about what you're doing with uh, heart-based leadership, things like that. What, what's the best way to, uh, to reach you? Go to the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the internet. Uh, search Tiger Singleton. Um, you can check out heartbased.io. Um, I'm sure there'll be a contact form on there. Um, you could just email me directly at ts at heartbased.io. Um, and I'm also on social media. Yeah. You know, if someone wants to find me, they'll find me. So. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this is, uh, this is awesome. You know, we we're joking about me being, uh, being one of the only, uh, guys there. I forgot Patrick came a couple days, uh, a couple days yeah. into it. So he, I guess he, there were, uh, he was there part were of the team days. though. So he doesn't count. That's right. But, um, but the, the one thing I will say is, you know, and I was kidding about, you know, the, about that. I mean, I wasn't kidding that I was the only guy, but I, I, I was kidding about, um, you know, that experience. I mean, it was extraordinary. And, and I think it's something that it's something that I think more men should be willing to do. Right. I mean, this stuff is, it doesn't matter that you're, if you're male, female, you're an entrepreneur, you're not an entrepreneur. I mean, spending that time and dedicated focus to really trying to get your, your mind straight is something that it doesn't matter what, you know, what, where you're coming from. I mean, these things are incredibly important. It was a really extraordinary opportunity. So I, I do hope that, uh, you know, people listening, if they're interested in this, will uh, will take a look and, um, and take you up on that. And uh, because it really is, really is, uh, really is great. And it's, it's also, you know, it was just an incredible, you know, your team is, is amazing. I mean, some of the best food I've eaten for a week from, uh, from uh, Shana and, um, and the whole team is just, uh, is just amazing. So, um, so get in touch with Tiger. Uh, we're definitely going to have him back. I think these things are incredibly important concepts. Um, really appreciate you being here with us, uh, Tiger, first of, uh, first of many stops. I'm sure. And, um, and, uh, we'll, uh, we'll have you back soon. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.